Yes, Jimmy. Don't forget, you're shoving a pineapple up Hitler's ass at 4 p.m. I love hookers will now be the city's catchphrase. Want to come and see the Globetrotters today, son? I came for the beer and the bitches. How can I win? Adrian is stronger and smarter than me. Stronger, yes. Smarter, definitely. But you have something that he doesn't have. A speech impediment. You can do it, Mimic Wetney. Talk about little <laughs> Nikki. Hello and welcome to Midweek Matinee. I'm your host, Brett Jesus Beck, and alongside Christ. me, as always, Mr. Blake Popes. How are you today, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I've watched Little Nikki, so, I mean, can't be doing bad. Uh, or I hope not. We'll see what you guys <laughs> think about that here in a minute. Uh, Chris Figs, on the other hand, is uh, is our other host, as we normally have him around. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you, Brett? I am solid, so... Let's get into the thick of it real quick. Actually, 70% liquid. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So clearly I chose this movie, and I think I made it clear last episode that I chose the movie because of a deep-seated love of it from my childhood. So me having watched this for the first time in probably over well over a decade. Yeah. Yeah, same. It's just it's dripping with nostalgia that I think makes it impossible for me to not like. So that's my spoiler. I had a blast watching the movie, but going to go in the same order. Blake, how'd you feel watching it? I really liked it. I, um, hadn't, I've also not seen it. It's my, it's probably been longer than that, even like 15 years or so. It's it, always probably been one of my for least me as well. favorite of like the fantastic Sandler movies. Not yeah. to say that it's bad, but, like out of like Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, and all those from like the '90s, that I think it's like the lower tier. Mm-hmm. But I still really love it. And okay. I'm glad I finally watched it again. I've been, I just, I don't know why I haven't watched it in so long. It's gonna go back on rotation. Well, I think <laughs> part of it's just how seemingly hard it is. Well, I'm not gonna say it's like impossible, clearly, but it doesn't show up as often like we had talked about. I think a lot of the big Sandler movies from the strong era of Sandler have been on Netflix and other streaming services for free yeah. many times. And Little Nicky, at one point in time, I think it might have been on Netflix, but it's been a long time. It's a difficult so, one to point down. Yeah, mm-hmm. certainly is. Uh, all right, Chris, coming back to it, uh, do you know around the last time that you watched it? Uh, when it came out in 2000. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I remember getting it at a oh, blockbuster. <laughs> so I'll say, yeah, I remember the first time I watched this movie was on VHS. That's what is telling of the age for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Chris, I have a question for you out of just curiosity. Yeah. I know that you have a little bit of this tendency in you no matter what, mm-hmm. but part of the reason I chose this movie is that I do love the movie and I quote it often, but whenever last week I was scrolling through movies that you own, I saw that you'd bought it recently. Yes. What brought you to buy it? Was it just a sale and, and it was yes. a good enough buy? It was a Got sale. It. <laughs> it, was a, it was a sale, but I remembered liking this movie a lot. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, for me, I think part of me choosing it, and I told my wife we watched it together, mm-hmm. is that whenever I was a kid, I, I've mentioned this about The New Guy, but one of the other movies, I, I probably watched Shrek, The New Guy, and Little Nicky about 
probably more than 50 times each if I'm being really honest with myself as a kid wow. because we didn't have many movies. So it was just like, even if it was that I put it on and would be doing something else and just hearing it kind of like I do now, but just as a kid, it was always kind of on and around. So putting this movie on immediately had every bit of the movie just come flooding back to me and watching mm-hmm. it was just like taking a trip down memory lane. Yeah. Sure. So um, I guess I want to get into first and foremost. Well, Brett, think, do, you, do you want to talk about how I felt about the movie? <laughs> <laughs> nah, we're good. No, man. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> Pass. So, sorry. <laughs> that's, I've, that's okay either way. I don't mind. So I, I've gotten ahead of myself. Please, yeah. Chris, go ahead. I don't even know why I brought it up because um, I <laughs> I don't dislike this movie, but I definitely don't like this movie. Um, I I remember it more fondly than I felt watching it, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm coming from on it. I just so I guess for you, right? Yeah. I think I think Blake. It seems as if he's watched it probably more than once. And more recently, I so I, like I said, it's been so long. I don't remember. Yeah, I remember. Certain. I'm sure I saw it multiple times as a kid, but yeah, never, and that's yeah. that's what I mean. So for Chris as well, because I think Chris, you're right around my age, right? Twenty seven, yeah. twenty eight. Yeah, I just so, turned twenty eight this week. Yeah, hey, happy birthday! So happy you're actually birthday, older man. than I am. Um, uh, okay, ooh. so you watched it whenever the movie came out, and you've not watched it a time again since. Is no, that not even me? one time since I. I, I would imagine like back then I watched it a bunch, but ever since I stopped watching it, I'd never seen, I'd never even thought about it until I saw it on sale and I was like, I liked that movie. Yeah. <laughs> you got tricked by your own damn memories, huh? Well, it's well I watching the movie, it made me feel really old because I know why I liked that movie when I was younger. And I, well, <laughs> I think those exact same reasons are why I kind of hated watching it tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, there's no better spot than to get in with that. What is it that made you like it when you were young? It's just so fucking immature. Yeah. <laughs> that man uh, has boobs on his head. <laughs> yeah. um, there's just so much stuff that like, I'm watching. I'm like, I know that I la- I would have laughed at this. I know that I would have laughed at the fucking dog. Just the fact that the dog is talking, I would have laughed at, you know? <laughs> but like watching it tonight, it, it didn't hit me in the same way. So why do you think that is? Because I just, out of own, my own curiosity, I think it's interesting that I'm not going to say it's it doesn't make sense, and I'm not going to say that people don't grow out of things eventually to a point, but I think... For me, comedy and the way that movies have tapped into that comedy end up being this like milestone of where when I go back to it, it's very seldom that I've ever laughed at something, went back and heard it again and did not find it funny to the same degree. Like maybe I don't cry laughing over it like I may have the first time or something, but I always find something deep within me that's like, yeah, I still think that that's funny because... As long as it, I think it's how I feel about comedy in general for me, right? It's that it's it's all meant with the purpose of trying to just pull a laugh out of someone. So yeah. it's not meant in poor, you know, taste. I really think sometimes people say like, you know, jokes right now are in poor taste and maybe that's true, but clearly the point of comedy is to try and make light 
of a situation that is otherwise really messed up. <clears throat> Clearly, that's not exactly what this movie's doing, though it does touch on some pretty holy grounds. So for you, I guess, are you at a point in your life where content that you've watched are just being surrounded by it too often? What is it that you think turns you off to where that uh, no, immaturity I, doesn't quite hit you the same? I don't know. I just think as a kid, you're a lot more forgiving of shit. You know, that's the reason why you watch. That's the reason why children watch Trolls 2 over and over again. You know, and I'm sure you guys as young fathers have seen Frozen more times than you can count. Yeah. You Interestingly know? enough, I I just finally have watched Frozen all the way through for the first time like oh a couple months back because I would just, I'd see certain parts of it. Too, yeah. <laughs> I think my daughter was your daughter's age when Frozen came out. Oh, well, my daughter's loved Frozen and been watching it since she was one. I've just never sat all the way through it because I don't care. Sure. <laughs> I just meant that like, your one-year-old wasn't trying to convince you to take her to the theater three or four times to go see it. <laughs> no, but, yeah, Frozen, the- but Frozen 2, she did try and get us to take her to the theater, yeah. and then it was immediately over. Like She saw it once, and then she was like, all right, we're cool. Yeah, that's right, Frozen 2 you- as well. You at least understand what I'm talking about more than semantics. Some of the kids will watch, <laughs> and that's the thing is like, I I've seen Big Daddy more times than I can count, and that's not. There's no I, Big Daddy's a great movie, so good. But I wouldn't watch Big Daddy sixty times like I did back then because I had nothing else to do. And I think it's the same with this, where you put me. I know for a fact I didn't own this movie, so. And I don't remember renting it after the first time I saw it. So I saw the movie. I thought it was funny as a kid. I still remembered when I saw it, the uh, when the dog goes to sleep, the la, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still remembered that. And when that came up, I was like, oh, shit. But that's the only part of it that I could recall. But when you watch this movie, you go, okay, I can see why I would laugh at a guy with boobs on his head or Hitler getting a gigantic pineapple shoved up his ass (laughs) but like right now i was watching the movie and the only thing i could think of is why does his face have to look like that for the whole movie especially especially i had a (laughs) problem see i'm just ranting and i don't didn't think i was going to do that but i had a problem with the movie logic where he gets hit with a shovel in the in the flask and it doesn't fix his face, but at the end of the movie, Veronica hits him with a shovel and fixes his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? I don't know. I'm, I'm comp- I, I don't know. I'm complaining. I don't know if there's anywhere you want to take that, but hey, maybe whenever he was in the flash, he got hit in the same direction it was already at. You know? Oh, so he just continued. Uh, having his mouth at a 95 degree angle yeah you know it is funny though watching this movie one of my first notes like immediately because of course i remember that his face is like that throughout the whole movie i kept thinking how hard was it to hold that face for filming like right was it a real challenge and like did they have to take time between takes due to him having to like contort his face and hold (laughs) he definitely had to stretch his mouth and shit like of course yeah he Some did of the a voice stuff like that in his newest movie too, the Hubie Halloween. Oh, he didn't yeah. do the whole face contortion thing, but he had a weird voice throughout that entire movie as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I think you've kind of hit on the the thing about what makes Adam Sandler movies from that era what they were, right? Is that there's typically some degree of heart in the movie of of every one of his movies, but yeah. 90% of the movie is just about 
immature humor. Right. And I'd almost argue that part of what makes Sandler not so reverent to people now with his more current work is that his more current work has a little bit more depth and a lot of people who have been watching Adam Sandler content since he was, you know, massive and uh, they were older than us even. I think it has either less depth or the same amount of depth. And I think that's why we don't like it at 30. But I yeah, think and why yeah, it's really popular with probably <laughs> teens right now. I don't know for a the, fact, but, but this I is bet the thing. teens love his new Netflix movies. I would argue that n- no, that nobody likes his new movies because they get Adam watched like crazy, dude. Still, but Adam Sandler is like the thirty-year-olds' nostalgia, but it's not a sixteen-year-olds. F- you know, they're gonna sure. watch whoever's new. So I don't really know. I feel like that's the problem. Is it's it's kind of the same argument everyone made with Pokemon, where it's like they're staying kids' games when the audience for them grew up. Sure. You know, and I could it's, be wrong. It, like, I don't know the metrics on the i'm sure they're being watched because he has an exclusive deal with him with them but i think the thing is all his movies are considered i think if grown-ups had come out in this era it would be it people would be talking about it like it's big daddy or whatever it is because it's the same kind of movie that he makes but it's too late you know it's a bunch of 30 year olds making dumb jokes instead of a bunch of 24 year olds doing stupid shit and I think yeah. it, you that's part of why there's no appeal anymore, at least for me. I don't know. I'm talking from yeah, personal experience. Yeah, I don't like his new stuff either. Hubie Halloween was all right. Like it, me and Haley watched it, and we got a couple of chuckles out of it or whatever, but mm. I would never watch it again. Yeah, you know, that's the kind of funny thing. I've I've talked about a lot of Adam Sandler stuff, and, you know, much like you, and I know there's a ton of nostalgia tied to those things, I love Billy Madison, and I love – so many happy madison movies in general and adam sandler was a big part of a lot of those movies so Mm -hmm. like even joe dirt joe dirt (laughs) was very much it was part of that group and that group's humor is all very similar and a lot of what joe dirt i what a lot of what i find funny about joe dirt ties into these types of movies where it's a lot of dumb stuff but there is always that heart that's nice to be able to kind of grip back onto and i think it anchors the movie in a different way but like you said I, th- I would be really curious because I was thinking the same thing when I think about the fact that Adam Sandler has a lot of these um, – he has – or not a lot, but he has this singular deal with Netflix, and clearly they wouldn't continue to put that deal out if people weren't watching it. So at one point in time where you'd hear people saying, like, Sandler sucks now, which I don't think he sucks, but clearly it doesn't hold my attention the way – and I don't even – I'm not even drawn to it. Like, you know, he, yeah, had, that, he had that movie with Jan- Jennifer Aniston that I literally don't even know what it's called anymore. And Mystery something. Mystery Mountain? Mystery Island? Mm-hmm. Something like that. I don't know. But anyway, that happened – and he he's done a bunch of different movies, and I just didn't care to watch them. But there was a point in my time, there was a point in my life where if a new Adam Sandler movie came out, it was like, oh, this is an event. And yeah, I've often wondered if it's a situation where you have either, like Chris said, where the only reason they're being watched is kind of the same reason that bands that haven't really made a good new album in thirty years still have people just ranting and raving and going to their shows because it's part of their upbringing and part of who they can still consider themselves in their wild prime time and they're just wanting to kind of hold on to that and be like well it's still sandler 
Or if it's people who are doing the Nickelback thing where everyone wants to say they hate Nickelback and talk crap on them, but then the moment that the door closed, they're like, oh, I love Nickelback. One of the two has to be the case, is my basic standpoint, because otherwise he would not hold on to this deal. And I I don't say that in any kind of besmirchment besmirchment to Adam Sandler, but yeah, I think that we've all just basically said that people, uh, us as kids, were big fans and it's lost us somewhere along the way. I think the last truly like the last Adam Sandler movie that I really liked was Click, and that was two thousand six. Okay, that, I'm I did not, like Zohan, which was two thousand eight, but there was like three movies between those two that I didn't like or didn't see. See another one that I liked though it was a lot more of a serious movie for him. Uh, I did like Funny People, and it mm-hmm. was a very different situation. Then, I fucking love Funny People. It's my, it's probably my favorite Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, and Funny People came out in like 2008 as well, correct? 2009. 2009. So, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like he still has moments of greatness in him, clearly. And, I mean, he could – I wouldn't even be surprised. Last year, that movie is fucking incredible. Yeah, which I, he, he, he didn't have like a hand in writing it, did he? No, he was just in it. They let that's him what, like do ad-libs and stuff. Certainly, yeah. But they didn't um, – like they – the – like in a lot of the interviews and stuff, they talk about how much they fucking love Adam Sandler. Like that when they're on set making their movies, they're watching Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> so yeah, so they're like excited to get him or whatever. And so once they got him, they're like, "Oh yeah, dude, do whatever. Yeah, change that. Yeah, that's fine. Okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting because, like I said, I think Adam Sandler's gone on to actually act and do some pretty interesting stuff in a somewhat similar sense to like what we saw from Jim Carrey, right? Where the a lot of the '90s and early 2000s funny men kind of actually went on to become serious actors in a lot of ways. But I, I don't know. I guess it, it, by nature, I know this is about little Nicky, but by nature of Adam Sandler and who he is and more importantly, who he was to a lot of people and maybe still is to a lot of people, there is that level, right, of having to kind of discuss that aspect. Uh, but mm. bringing it back a little bit more into this movie in particular – I do find it interesting that you found yourself not liking it for the same reasons that you would have liked it for in the past, and I think it's a reasonable thing. Um, to switch gears up a little bit, though, Blake, you said you liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I'm going to offer you up an opportunity to just kind of talk about what you liked about it in general right now and just see what we can kind of see what conversation naturally springs from that because I actually like the conversation we just had. It's just a, it was an interesting one to immediately jump into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like, I mean, I like all of it in general. There are a few jokes here and there that were like, eh, you know, but it's it was made in 2000, so like, what the fuck ever. Like, I'm not going to hold that against it, but... So, I, now I'm going to have to go ahead and stop you, because I specifically debated whether even to bring that up. No. I'm I'm not going to lie to you right now. I laughed at every single one of the jokes that I know you're talking about, because sure, I didn't... Sure, I'm not saying I didn't <laughs> laugh at them. And again, like, it's not like this movie sucks and it should be, like, banned yeah. because of yeah. this fucking... 20 year old movie like what i wasn't even going to mention him i was just overall that's that's how i feel about it i guess i really yeah. liked it but there were just some things i rolled my eyes at or whatever well i think the best way to say it right is that there's things that have aged which is true of all media it hurts comedy <laughs> the most I, I feel like when i go back and watch older comedies compared to like older dramas and stuff well yeah because at one point in time it, it's okay to just poke fun at something but then at some yeah. point in time it suddenly becomes no Taboo longer the thing whatever. to do now personally that doesn't change my uh, my opinion on the movie at all but just like we saw and whenever i was watching that that joke as soon as the, the first one that came up i almost immediately looked at my wife and said 
I'm surprised this movie is not probably because it's not nearly as big as other Adam Sandler movies. But yeah, I was like, I'm surprised this movie has not been dug back up and been treated to the um, social media. This movie is no longer cool. I think it could just because. And I mean, I could be wrong. Like, I don't follow a lot of people that cancel shit because, like, I don't do that shit. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't think many comedies have come out like that. I mean, every comedy from, like, not the 1990 to 2010 would be, like, canceled. You know what I mean? Well, one of the big movies that comes to mind that was also just a ridiculous movie is Ace Ventura was kind of on the chopping block for a while because of its b- sure. basically That's also its like a plot story. point, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, certainly. But <laughs> but I yeah, never I, got into those movies anyways. Jim yeah. Carrey is real hit or miss with me. But that's not anyways, I really like Little Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> also, did yeah. anyone see who um, the blind preacher was? Yes, yeah. I had to look it up. And I was yeah, like, is that fucking Tarantino? <laughs> yeah. Uh it cracked you me up. Seriously. Can't mistake that mug from anywhere. That that's actually uh, chin. That's a big thing about this movie across the board is that there are so, so many cameos from like yeah. big actors and big directors even that just kind of come in. And it was really interesting to kind of see that. Like even him having Rodney Dangerfield, I thought was really cool. It was kind of like a, hey, this is a movie that's just celebrating comedy as a whole. Yeah. And they even poked fun at his um, respect joke. I don't remember exactly what they said in the movie, but that made me laugh. Only because of The Office, because Michael does bits about his respect thing. Yeah, they constantly. Never respect me. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's what yeah, I'm saying. Like, go ahead. Go ahead. There's just so, there were so many famous people. It's another one of those where, like, oh shit, he's in it. But then again, it's like, it's an Adam Sandler movie, so you kind of expect that. Yeah, certainly. So it didn't blow me away like um, last week's movie, Up in the Air, did. Like, Up in the Air, every time I turn around, I was like, holy fucking shit, did not expect that. Whereas this, I'm like, wow, okay, well, okay, yeah, it's Adam Sandler movie, so there's going to be 500 famous people in it. Especially all of his friends. Yeah, you know, one of my big things kept being, like, whenever I was looking at it, I was like, you know... This movie, not only from the people who are in it, which I think more often than not, one of the things I see about Sandler is I don't think he has to pay people at the same degree that other people would expect for him to get big people in. Definitely at that time period, it was like if you were going to get in on a Sandler flick, it was good for you. Everybody right. liked each other. They were all friends anyway. And if you, he, he if you were somewhat... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you probably also still got paid a pretty chunk, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. M- maybe you weren't being as competitive as you would if it was something that wasn't like, oh, it's an Adam Sandler movie. I'll go ahead and do that because it's a fun time, a good time. It's good for my career. Yeah. Maybe they, you know, a lot of people are friends with Adam Sandler. So there's that aspect of it. But you know what really kind of caught my thing is I wanted to see, because in watching this movie, it doesn't always hold up well, but the movie is so CGI heavy in a way that it's good CGI though. I was really surprised. Now, clearly, there's some moments that are not great. The dog's CGI mouth was bad, and like when the dad was falling apart, he looked like a cartoon. But See, there was a I, lot of CGI where I was like, "That's pretty good. Like that's not bad, especially for like a comedy from the year 2000." Yeah, I'll, I'll actually say that I thought the dog mouth, like at least Mr. Beefy specifically, was one of the most consistently great CGI of, of the movie, in my opinion. It kind of blew me well, away. I, think it looked, I had like a couple of times where I wrote, that dog's mouth looks bad. <laughs> There's a couple of moments. Especially but, when he's sleeping and he's mum, yeah, like, humming or yeah. singing or whatever he's doing. Yes, now that because it was upside down. Yeah, it's funny, but it looks like shit. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of him just naturally talking and walking around was was fairly yeah, well that. done. Yeah, yeah. 
So what I was curious about was what the budget was for this movie because you know you think about budgets for comedies and how they typically are pretty low. Happy Madison was like ten million dollars and clearly made a ton of money. I think Big Daddy was like thirty five million. I went ahead and looked it up. Yeah, the budget for this movie was eighty five million and it only yeah. brought home fifty eight point three million. <laughs> yeah, not good. Now I don't know if that's just domestic or if it was everywhere. I don't know, but yeah. This, I don't think this movie did too hot. due to the religious nature of it, especially in 2000. See, that's what I was going to get into. So one of the things I thought was really interesting in watching this movie is that the movie clearly takes what is a fairly sacred thing for people. And the reason that it kind of struck me is, of course, as a kid, I was unaware of this. But in 1999, Dogma came out. And Dogma has faced for years now and even at when it came out just problems and even just being able to exist because of churches and people coming after them constantly yeah plus the weinsteins essentially now it's the weinsteins thing is like why it's always taken off of everything exactly so you have you have so many problems and you see dogma go through hell for all these different reasons and be pulled from store shelves and stuff because of religious reasons and yet you have this movie which is fairly sacrilegious (laughs) in a lot of ways and makes a lot of the same kind of basic presumptions about the religion to play and make jokes on and Not yet so smart he's it didn't Jeopardy happen smart <laughs> <laughs> there, sorry this, didn't mean to interrupt <laughs> no you're fine i'm glad you said that because this movie is full of quotes to me that even because like i said turning it on immediately sprung my mind almost every big quote i said right alongside the screen because it just cracked me up that i was able to even remember it yeah um, but yeah i i'm really am curious as to how much the subject matter went and i think the bigger thing that was a curiosity for me is that dogma was not near the budget of this clearly and I, and it's the Weinsteins and a bunch of other stuff. So you have this thing of, I can understand to an extent how Dogma had problems. It was probably hard to even get funding for that movie. Kevin at that point in time was a smaller director. So I imagine that's part of it. I have this feeling in my mind that because Sandler was massive at that point and wanted to make a movie that took $85 million to do about a subject matter that's really unlikely to make a big return when the rest yeah. of his movies aren't really... Like, you know, I would say that probably the most d- devout Christians are not just at the time period were not happy with Adam Sandler movies across the board. But I yeah, think that there's was- a clear argument to be made that... Adam Sandler had a much bigger name at that point and had a lot more pull. And I'm sure that whenever WB and this RCS or whatever were told, hey, Adam Sandler wants to make this movie, they were probably like, yeah, let's get in, make that money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dogma's budget was $10 million, box office 44 And that is worldwide. Yeah. and it's so I, Little Nicky was 58 worldwide. Yeah, and it's funny. Dogma outperformed. Yeah. <laughs> it actually made money. And... uh <laughs> On a lower budget. I, I um, guarantee you Little Nicky made up for it on DVD and VHS sales. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, but I do find it interesting because at that point in time, box office was a lot more important than it is now. You know sure. what I mean? Then again, so, that was a point in time where those types of movies could come and go. I think one of the things that kind of struck me about watching a movie this old was that we're at a point where we don't really get these kinds of movies in theaters very often anymore. 
and I'm not going to point fingers specifically, but at, at a single franchise, but I think Disney is a big reason for that. Disney has kind of made it to where going to the theater has to be this big blockbuster event. And there's not really room for well, these smaller movies in the same way. It's even more than that too, is that these big blockbusters, even before Disney became like the blockbuster that it is like, if you're not making, you know, three, four hundred million now, like close to a billion, like your movie's shit. Like it's it doesn't it's not worth it. You know what I mean? To the big companies. And now most of these companies own all the smaller companies, you know what I mean? Like Disney bought Fox and shelved all that shit. Yeah. And so And that's kinda like, what that's I mean. Is that- it's like Disney's not gonna make a movie like this. I mean they wouldn't like make this movie anyways, but you know what I mean? Like if it's not gonna make a billion dollars. Exactly. And that's part of it. And then you have to get in this situation where you'll get people who will make this movie or this type of movie and then have to do it in unlimited theater releases if they can even get that and then go to DVD. And that's a shame. You know, I think one of the fun things about all forms of media is that ability to be able to have stuff that maybe isn't a huge moneymaker, but maybe you can have a chance to have something out there that's interesting and charming. It's starting to get a little bit better, but for a while there especially. Yeah, certainly. Um, okay, well, I mean, well, at at this point, we can kind of talk about whatever. I think, Blake, did you have a, a real quick to throw in there? I was just going to say, if you don't mind, um, so at the beginning I said that this was like the worst of the 95 to 2000 Adam Sandler movies. Mm-hmm. So real quick, these are the ones between 95 and 2000. Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, The Wedding Singer, The Waterboy, Big Daddy, and Little Nicky. Yeah. Am I wrong in that? Do you think? I've I mean, never seen The Wedding Singer. That's the only one I haven't seen. Oh, really? Yeah. It's it's a solid movie too, but it's not. I don't think it's quite as funny. I mean, it's a little bit more. It leans a little more bit romantic more on, comedy in it. Yeah, like straight um, up romantic comedy. I don't think I'd say straight up, but it's it, of the all the movies you just listed. I think that it's probably the the most outlier one. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know that you're necessarily wrong. I think all of those movies are great in very different ways. Um, yeah, I don't know which one I'd honestly consider the weakest. I think it's Little Nicky, maybe the Water Boy. I don't know. Water Boy is also hilarious. I think also, they're all great. Like when I say the weakest, I don't mean bad. Yeah, no, absolutely. I said, but I mean that they exist in my mind in such a way that I have a hard time actually trying to yeah give them a value that I can then put one over the other. They sure. all just Billy kind of Madison meld. Happy Gilmore, the two though, like those, you can't beat them. In my mind, like Billy Madison especially. That's my favorite out of those six. So it seems like uh, Chris, poor Chris here is Uh. left in a situation where (laughs) like you don't hate the movie, but since you don't love it, you have less that you immediately want to talk about. And since you just didn't outright hate it, you're not necessarily fueled enough to want to say, you know, to want to just jump in and say, well, this is what I thought was bad, bad, bad. Yeah, well, Uh, I mean, I guess... It's a little bit late, but I kind of wanted to cut in when you guys were talking about movies where I don't necessarily agree with what you guys were saying. I think small oh, movies, oh, like sorry. small movies and stuff like this, come out all the time. Okay, but they I, don't come I, out in theaters. That's what we were talking. And uh, yeah, better being yeah, more but clear. These get made. Yes. Yeah. Being that's more clear. Yeah. No. That's. Well, that's I'm glad he, you he said, said that. These don't come to theaters. Yeah. But even well, still, like. Yeah, but there was a strong implication from my wording that I could see how any listener may think I don't think that they get made at all. I do think they get made. I don't think that they get made to this level of ambition of 
and not saying that it was worthy of it, but I don't think you see a movie that's a comedy like this get an $85 million budget like we used to because no, we're a very different but, thing. But these but, types of movies still do get made. You're, you're right. Well, you're, you are But right. this is the thing is I don't think a movie like this would get made because it wasn't worth the money. Even if you like it, and I'm not trying to sit here and disparage the movie because, again, I didn't hate it, but this movie was not worth $85 million. Oh, and I don't mean and, that. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Please, please continue. Well, but, but that's the thing is I think we're getting – the thing is right now, and especially in that era of Sandler, all those movies were good. All the movies that came out around that time were good. But also, they're not that good. It does that, if that makes sense, you know, there's we're, what we're getting now is smaller. We're getting smaller movies, but a lot of the smaller movies are better. You know, yeah, yeah. There's, you're not seeing these one-off crazy. We're gonna laugh at this because it's ridiculous movies. Because I just think the quality bar is higher now, and I think the quality bar is higher now because you could get away with a movie like Little Nicky when there isn't netflix and hulu and hbo max and disney plus and peacock and crunchyroll and funimation and competition the ps5 yes because if you go into the grocery if, or the grocery store jesus christ if you go into a <laughs> if you go into a blockbuster and you see the new adam sandler movie that you, you might go pick that up and it might sell just off that whereas right now you're going to go see the new adam sandler movie see the reviews that it's a six and then you're going to go and be like well netflix has this new thing that i would rather watch so you're not getting this stuff because people aren't i don't think people are going to sit there and watch it now no i think this yeah. gets away with a lot of mediocrity in 2020 because of nostalgia and that's fine that's totally cool yeah and i guess to speak on your point kind of i think the more soul of what i was saying is what you've actually brought up it's just you're looking at the other side of it i think it's that there was a point in time where these types of movies and like you said this movie i i will i will say the same do i like the movie and i'm glad it exists certainly if i was the one behind the checkbook saying 85 million and i was looking at the finished product and was able to make that choice in hindsight you know what i mean then yeah. i don't think i'd say it either i mean i don't think that this movie's worth 85 million and clearly the rest of the world I didn't think so either two million <laughs> so you, you are correct in that sense but i think what i'm kind of lamenting a little bit on is that because of the you know the internet's always a double-edged sword it brings great things and then once it's around long enough we see it morph into something that is it has positives and negatives so the positives like you mentioned is that the internet's now so synonymous with entertainment which was not the case at that point in time that because it's so connected to everything and not only is it connected in the sense of Netflix, Hulu and all these different things can get something directly to your TV, not completely negating the need for a theater, but strongly limiting it to where you only want to go to the theater for that big, crazy Marvel bouncing movie or, you know, even the ones that are swings and misses like uh, Valeria or whatever the movie was called that had Dan Dane DeHaan in it that ended up being a flop. But you know, my point is those are the kind of movies you're more willing to take yourself to a theater for. Whereas a lot of people due to the convenience of internet and streaming are just going to watch a comedy at home. And I'm not, that's, that makes sense. Honestly, I would still personally go to a theater, but I understand why many wouldn't, but I think I mean, what I'm lamenting more comedies in the last 10 years anyways. Well, here's well, the thing is I think, 
So first of all, I want to clarify. I was I had more of an issue when you guys were like, "Well, Disney doesn't make these movies," and they they bop all this stuff. It's like, yeah, why would Disney make this movie? The whole the thing that I'm, I really think that we're missing here is this genre of movie is now horror. Like so this y- vertical of movie making is horror now. This is Blumhouse putting out Truth or you know Treasure Island or whatever that movie was. Okay, it's- yeah. I get what you're saying. So what I was going to say is I, I hate that we're at a point where these types of comedies can't get that kind of a budget to be able to be that ambitious on the off chance that they actually meet that ambition of a dollar amount. It's a hard thing to ask. But yeah, I think that there's, because I don't watch horror near as much of you or as much as you guys, and I am, I, I really do like comedy movies and we'll put them on often. I think what it is right now is I feel like I haven't seen anything in the comedy realm doing this, but you're right. It's very likely that because of the more niche aspect of that horror, they're able to do these kind of over the top things and get away with more. Um, so I definitely am not trying to take away from the fact that these movies of this type of I don't even try. I'm trying to get the right word to put on it, right? This, this level of over the topness and ridiculousness, but it's in this movie, it's through the lens of the genre of comedy. And instead you're seeing horror movies kind of up the, everything about them and kind of go over the top in a way that can sometimes end up being funny, but it's all really about trying to go into a completely different genre. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, the, when I was listening to you guys talk, it kind of felt to me like people who want Naughty Dog to make another Jack and Daxter game, where it's yeah. like, that's not what they're doing. That's not what they're there for. So yeah, that's and, the only point I'm making. Yeah, mine is just more like I said. I'm glad you brought it up because it is good to better to clarify. It's not that I necessarily want Adam Sandler to come back and make this type of movie again. I just think that. I, I, it was more of a mixture of lamenting the fact that the era of the internet, because like you brought up a really important point, and and that's what I was going to get a second ago, and that not only is the internet there to bring you the content, the internet's also there to discern to you how valuable that content is to something else. Mm. I am not a big person that I don't overly look at reviews. I actually primarily look at reviews after I've experienced content and then just want to see what people thought of it. <laughs> But a lot of people, not myself, do look to reviews to try and understand how to spend their time. And like you mentioned, if if a movie like this came today and someone said, "Well, it's not it's not bad. It's like a six, but then there and and it's in the theater, but then there's something that is a, that is getting a lot of eights that's on Netflix, and so many people have Netflix." they're naturally going to stay home and watch that. So it's lamenting the fact that we're to the point where the internet has swung around to being a positive and a negative in that sense. I think you are correct in that it's probably far more positive because it has the natural thing of bringing the competition bar so much higher. But by nature of that, I think that you end up sometimes... You you end up sterilizing ideas that could have been molded into something potentially great because of the fact that you don't give these kind of movies the same attention or not even movies. You don't give the same kind of media the attention it used to be. And I think you see that across everything because like you said, the internet's so much more competition. It's just when you have that many more people to get in front of, it's a lot harder. And just because you're special and unique in your own way, doesn't mean that you're as good as something else. I think I've zeroed in on what the, the reason that we're kind of having an argument not, not about it. And it's because you think this is a great movie. And that's not an insult. 
No, I don't even think that this is a great. I mean, I love the movie. It's not a great movie. I mean, if if I read a a, a review that gave this movie a six, I would probably agree. <laughs> I guess the point is the way you're talking is like, well, the you know we're not making great stuff, and if this is the stuff that you're lamenting losing, then we're having two different arguments. You know what I mean? Um, I don't I, think that he or I was saying that they don't make great movies anymore. I don't. I didn't say that. <laughs> the thing that what, what, what Brett was just saying now, at least the way I took it, is like stuff like you're not getting stuff like this that could be great because of whatever reason. Whereas yeah. I'm just I'm just saying I think the difference in, in our argument is that I don't think this movie is anywhere close to great. No, so, no, it's not. Yeah, and that's a so good thing where too. where when 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 you guys are saying this stuff, I'm like I wouldn't be upset if this movie didn't exist you know i'm glad i watched sure. it and it's a fun movie to discuss but i'm i'm kind of glad this isn't going to get made in 2020 because it's probably something better might get made or sure. we'll get countdown you know <laughs> i hope that kind of kind of focuses my argument a little bit more yeah it, it does I wasn't, it does i wasn't making an argument of like well you know i don't know but I, it's more just I think I, we have a difference of opinion where I'm I'm totally fine with movies like this being gone, no matter how fun they might be in the moment, because I think we're getting better quality, which so is more important. I think I've, overall movies now are are better than the 90s, especially. The 90s was kind of a hit and miss place. I yeah. think there were some really good thrillers and stuff like that, and some decent horror movies. I mean, Scream was there, but like overall horror was pretty shit in the 90s. Right. Um, I think comedy was gold in the 90s, but also... What I wanted to say was um, I didn't mean to imply that, like, I don't think there's good shit now, obviously. I just, I do think, my point was, I was talking to Brett earlier, was that comedy in general just doesn't get made like this anymore. Like, this specific genre, not like low-budget movies right. in general, and, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, and I get you, and I think that's why I've kind of narrowed the point of where I'm yeah, at. Yeah. like, you guys want more of this, and... I'm totally fine if this never existed again because <laughs> yeah. I look at something of a 2020 comedy and this is comparing apples to oranges in a way but like something like Game Night which I think is a genuinely good movie and one of my favorite comedies ever yeah, versus this where I'm like I would watch Game Night this, over this again yeah yeah whereas I'd rather take Game Night being made because there's more incentive to make a better movie rather than this being made because Adam Sandler gets a blank check anytime he has a, he can make a movie. You know, that's <laughs> yeah, that's kind of my my point. Yeah, I don't want more little Nickies. I just want more comedy. I think, and there are there's definitely comedy being made. I don't mean to like downplay like the people that are out there making comedy, but I think comedy as a whole really fell off after like Rogan and Will Ferrell movies kind of do dove down. You know, yeah, when they started making kind of bad movies and they stopped making movies or they make more serious like dramedies and stuff. I think that's just a lot of now. <laughs> I almost feel like people are just don't want to laugh as much anymore. Yeah, I know you can kind of see that in all of the walks, all sure. all of our lives, and I think that's the thing. That's why you see horror movies coming out at the clip that a comedies would have come out in the ninety. Sure, you know, and I, I think it's just the genres have switched because people have decided they'd rather be excited than laugh. You know. So I, I think, <laughs> real, so a couple things. I think to the most recent point you made, I, I do think you're right. I think media across the board is at a point, and we're at a point in, as a culture where there is this thing about more 
not completely necessarily, but more serious takes on things <laughs> tending to linger in people's minds better. Whereas the 90s into the early 2000s and even a little into the late 2000s was about the ridiculousness of giving someone who's a big name a blank check and just seeing what they do with it. And that's, I guess, that was a point in time that was really fun because you got movies that, even if they didn't perform well, and even if they weren't actually good movies, like if you wanted to deconstruct what makes a good movie, that's technically up for discussion as well. But even if you want to go through that, yeah, you may get something that doesn't make a lot of sense, but when you watch it, you're just kind of taken back by charm and the fact that something like that even gets to exist. I guess that's what we're saying about, you know, you're saying that I think this, or you thought that I was going after this movie being great. It's not that. I think it's just that the fact that this movie exists at all in comparison to when it came out is just already wild to me. But if it was ever going to come out, it would have been when it came out because you can't, at least in our modern version of it, you can't do it that way. But the silver lining across everything, I think right now, as I've been thinking more and more about it, is that while those types of movies don't come for a number of reasons, monetarily being the number one for at least a traditional movie model or even the more recent one we've seen of the movie models for streaming sites. I think the great thing is that because a lot of what made this movie kind of funny and ridiculous is stuff that most people who are aspiring filmmakers or just people with a camera and a little bit of talent can go through and do on YouTube. And I do think that as it was starting to fade out of the actual cinemas, I think you started seeing this type of comedy and this type of humor really burden, uh, um, burden up, whatever the word would be. Sorry. Of you started seeing this on YouTube a lot and you started seeing people do this type of stuff and fun editing tricks and whatnot and kind of run with it that way. And that still exists as long as YouTube continues to be hopefully a not too overbearing platform for people to kind of just share things that hit their mind. I've heard it's great to be a content creator on YouTube. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but yeah no, I um, think what made this movie really great just to add to your point brett is the, all the new metal dude this oh. this soundtrack is banging <laughs> banging just lots of rap rock <laughs> yeah that, i mean really tons of it <laughs> this little oh, little seven-year-old brett had never heard of power man 5000 until this movie and i fell in love <laughs> I remember whenever the scene happened when the throne is like rising out of the earth and it starts playing uh, Worlds Collide by Power Man 5000. I was yeah. like, I was like, dude, this is kind of sick for a comedy movie. <laughs> Are they playing Tony Hawk in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> so little things about the movie. I think if I was going to really, since we were talking about what makes me like the movie or what I was talking about, I think regardless of whether they get made or not, we've kind of cleared that conversation. I think one of the things I really like about these types of movies is despite how ridiculous they are, there's a lot of stuff that goes into trying to make people feel at least somewhat like a character, even if it's a single note, like a caricature, which all Adam Sandler movies have a little bit of. Yeah. Typically it's the side men and the, you know, the two, the two metal heads in this movie, fill that role here perfectly but we see that in a bunch of adam sandler movies at the time it's just love the metalheads yeah the more stagnant side characters so that the main character in the sandler movies typically sandler himself can evolve and grow 
And I like that, and it ends up working out. But even smaller characters that play an important part in the story but ultimately aren't seen that much, kind of like the devil in this movie, I like that there's a lot of little things about the devil that just kind of add a charm to this film where it's like they didn't need to go through this much little you know, dialogue bits, but it ends up making you kind of – I don't know. I think it just gives it adds a charm to the movie. Like one of the things I loved about the devil in particular, since I was talking about him, is when Dan Marino's in there talking about wanting to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I love how at first, and I think it's the way it's presented is like the devil is saying like, "But you're such a sweet guy. Like I'm not going to let you do it because you're throwing your life away for a Super Bowl." But then yeah. as soon as he walks away. And little Nikki goes up to him. He's like, you're a good devil, dad. And he's like, I'm also a Jets fan. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Harvey Keitel could not not do any any wrong. He's just great. Yeah. So across the board, there's a lot of characters that have little moments like that that I really love. So it's good seeing that kind of stuff. The movie to me is just full of weird things that end up working out. Uh, And they, they are all so over the top. And like I said, I know that there's a lot of nostalgia that ties me to this movie. Not saying it's a great movie, but it's a funny movie to me. That's just, I laugh at it. You know, the, there's so many moments that are just, even if it's just the shock value of a line that still makes me laugh, like when they come up to the little boy at the basketball game, and it's like, what are you here for tonight? And he's like, I'm here for the beer and the bitches. Yeah. Well, they lowered the drinking age to 10. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but uh, other stuff, too, like the cameos were nice. Like I actually didn't realize until today that the uh, the ref at the basketball game was Dana Carvey. Like, it kind of struck me immediately. I was like, holy crap, that's Dana Carvey. Uh, I remember that that was Quentin Tarantino. And actually, as a kid, I clearly didn't know who Quentin Tarantino was. But the first time I saw Tarantino in a movie, I was like, is that the fucking dude from (laughs) Little Nicky? (laughs) (laughs) So, that was good stuff. But, um, yeah, I guess while we're kind of talking about the the quotes in general, I know, Blake, you've you've spat a few out. Chris, uh, did you have any little lines that just made you laugh? I mean, it's the 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 dog sleeping is my favorite one. Honestly, no, I can't really think of anything. No, <laughs> I'm sorry to be kind of a no. That's fine. Sport on the episode. <laughs> I didn't have any written down, so I can't really recall either. To be fair, it was just uh, like two or three that I wrote. One of the ones that I wrote down was the one that you said about the god being Jeopardy smart. Yeah, <laughs> that one is good too. Yeah. <laughs> My also the the and this is kind of an ongoing skit throughout the whole part of the movie, but throughout the entire Globetrotters basketball game, the one black family they keep coming in on, and even though the kid is clearly like something is going on, the two parents are like, "It's all part of the show." It's yeah, all. that was also very good. <laughs> the whole but, Globetrotters uh, thing was really good. <laughs> we haven't lost a game in fifty three years. <laughs> So, have you seen Eight Crazy Nights? Yes, absolutely. So, Whitey in that movie is also a referee. Right? Yes. Yep. And then Whitey in this movie is a referee. White hair, kind of mm-hmm. old, has a high-pitched mm-hmm. voice. Which, in Eight Crazy Nights, I think Sandler does his voice, if I'm he not does. mistaken. He does. Um, But then Chubbs is in this, too. So, like, I really want to watch all of the Adam Sandler movies, like, in a row, and, like, just take notes, like, fucking pins and like needles and thread and just link them all together and see how these like the sandler cinematic universe (laughs) goes comes together you know kind of like the uh the what do they call it the pixar theory or whatever where it's like all pixar movies yeah 
Because yeah, that would be Chubbs, fun. to me, because I, I didn't remember much of this movie when I watched it the other night. And as soon as Chubbs was in, I was like, holy shit, it's fucking Chubbs. And he's playing <laughs> Chubbs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that, too. There's something that was fun about watching those movies and kind of seeing the same things going through, which I also love the idea of having the same cast of actors keep moving along with each movie and be completely different people. Like, yeah. if you look at Little <laughs> Nicky and you look at Big Daddy, you don't think that the two guys who are the metalheads are the, you know, like, are the yeah. people from, from Big Daddy. It's just fun hey, to kind Grandma's of move along. Boy, he's the pothead. The, yeah. The yeah. Well, yep. the guy with Grandma's the on his head. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say. That's a really bad bald like piece too. You could definitely tell. It's very <laughs> yeah. different color than the rest of his face. <laughs> I am so curious as to what they what how the, I mean I remember as a kid thinking those boobs look too good on the head. Oh what no, did I they, was talking about the roommate. Oh sorry. Oh okay yeah the bald piece yeah he was gotcha. Grandma's boy like the main character in Grandma's yeah, boy. Yeah I thought you were yeah. talking about the the guy with the boobs on his head. Now he was no the that's guy. um fuck what's his name? I can't remember his name in Grandma's uh, boy, but Kevin he's Neal. the. Yeah, he's the the boss. Yeah, I know him weeds. <laughs> but he that the boobs on his he's head. So even today, I'm like, what the hell? So How do they make those boobs on his head? <laughs> I I think it had to be some like CGI compositing of like get her and then like feathered down the boobs on his skull. No, and we're gonna CGI. Him. I, otherwise, I'm just like, what did they use for practical effects to make those boobs? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> rubber. They, they just had boobs on his head all stay. Man, I don't know. Maybe it's because you're watching on that crappy TCL TV, but I mean. (laughs) (laughs) I joke. Uh, Oh, you don't. (laughs) Oh, man, I don't joke about the the superiority of the OLED. That's that's never a joke. (laughs) (laughs) So did anybody else find the... I I never thought of this as a kid because I I wasn't a huge... uh, peter pan fan as a kid but whenever i was watching this i kept thinking about how like the mechanics of nikki's flying were basically the mechanics of how tinkerbell flies like if you don't believe in tinkerbell she dies and her magic goes away <laughs> yeah so, so like he starts falling and she's like no i believe in you <laughs> believe in me valerie also there's no way in hell he tells her he's the son of the devil and if she believes him then she's like oh okay cool we can date now <laughs> yeah i like, thought it was funny happening. like right after that she goes but it's what made me laugh about that is that not only are the flying mechanics right out of a disney movie but what happens afterwards is right out of a disney movie like it's essentially peter pan it's like come on wendy i'm gonna fly you around the city <laughs> and then i'm gonna call you my girl even though i met you one day we got some gelati <laughs> then i flipped you off <laughs> then i flipped you off and told you I wanted to have sex with you, and then I climbed up your fucking window, <laughs> floated up to you. I, there, every bit of that movie, and I laugh at it because I like how simple it kind of move around those things, but it did feel like I was just watching the events of a Disney movie unfold. Thankfully, it's like the movie's aware of that, and you it leans into it even more when he goes to heaven. Yeah. Oh, there was a cameo in this movie from a previous movie that we did. <laughs> Did anybody catch it? I know no. you did, but when I say it, you'll remember Scarface. Oh yeah, oh, I have yeah, that yeah. in here. But they like sketch two scenes together to make it seem like one scene. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of that was just how bad the compositing looked. Like, and I know that was part of the movie, but making him move his mouth and be like, "My name is Nikki, and I'm going to kill you all." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so stupid. <laughs> and what made me laugh is that like they had the guy, and I don't know the actor's name. He is a fantastic actor. He plays uh, Saul's brother in Better Call Saul. Um, who was like the police chief I haven't in this Better movie? Call Saul yet. Anyway, I don't know the actor's name. He is a phenomenal actor. But in this, he's you know he's talking about that, and he's showing the clip, and he's like, "I know it's hard to watch." And <laughs> Nikki, who talks about never being on Earth, is like, "That's that." <laughs> I can't even fucking say it. <laughs> Oh man, now I've forgotten the damn word. But anyway, he's talking about Tony Montana. Tony Montana, and it yeah. just cracked me up the way he even said it. The film was nominated for five awards. <clears throat> well, the Razzies. Yeah. <laughs> worst picture, <laughs> worst actor, Sandler, worst supporting actress, Arquette, worst director, and worst screenplay. It lost <laughs> in all categories to Battlefield Earth. <laughs> so. This is a weird thing that I'm almost wondering if this was complete accident or if someone actually had the foresight to write this in because I think this is actually fairly good circular writing. I love that at the beginning of the movie, whenever Adrian and Cassian escape, that the devil's punishment for the guy who's supposed to watch the gate is to give him the boobs. But then in the long run, that ends up becoming his undoing because the boobs that he gave that guy is what like facilitated the ability to do the titty twister that gave <laughs> up the information. I was like, damn. I didn't think about that as a kid, but I'm telling you right now, that's fairly good, like ironic writing in like a strong way. I don't know if yeah. it ended up being complete accident because someone was just like, "Wouldn't it be funny if they gave him a titty twister to get the information out of him?" I, mean, I can see it being just as likely that. That really is some of the brush writing I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if anything starts in the beginning of the movie and comes back around in the end, you know Brett's going to point it out. That's also true, but my point is that this movie, like you mentioned earlier, makes very little consistency, like, like sense in a consistent sense. So the fact that that even came around, I leaned on the fact that it's very likely complete accident. And like I said, someone just thought it was funny that he had boobs and what if he gave him a titty twister? But the fact that it ends up working, it ends up yeah. being like the only point of what looks like decent writing in this movie. <laughs> but works out anyway uh little aspects about the movie though just as we kind of wrap up on it i, I like this I, I i always imagine in these things because anytime that i've since i was young and found out that slipknot for their duality video just invited a bunch of fans to a, a random lot and we're like hey we're gonna record the video over the next three days and you're all just gonna show up and you can be in the video as you know just all the extras yeah. i like to imagine That's the house one yes okay yeah i like to imagine anytime i see these kind of movies where they just have huge crowds now this movie has a ton of cgi could have been cgi i doubt it but the end of the movie where there's just the big crowds of people i wonder if that was just like a hey we're going to be filming a pretty ridiculous scene if you want to be an extra just show up and we're not going to pay you but you'll be in the movie that would have been really kind of fun to so. see i mean they'd have to sign stuff too so they may have ended up being paid and like you said it could have been cg i didn't really look too hard at the crowd but yeah i i looked enough to try and see if there was anything that made it obvious that it was cg just because the thought popped in my head immediately but i don't know at that point in time there's the movie has a lot of practical effects actually i mean it also doesn't because how do you make a practical version of the the devil falling apart I mean, they right, start yeah. they start right. Well, like you his could make ears falling off. Of that. I mean, Hellraiser did it pretty well. It but wasn't you could, exactly the same. But yeah, but you couldn't make it to where he's holding his mouth up with his arms and still talking. I mean, you, you, 
Maybe, yeah. but I, you'd still you'd be CGing something. Is my basic point. So it, it is what it is in that aspect. But little aspects like um, just because I thought it was little funny stuff, like Adrian having all of um, Nikki's friends strung up by their uh, like by their underwear, giving them wedgies, was funny to me. Yeah. The fact that the final fight eventually swings around to being a pillow fight, basically before they get into the flask. And one thing that I think the last thing I'm going to talk about that I never realized and nor did my wife until today was that he had a Popeye's jacket on at the end of the movie with a name tag that showed that he was like a manager. I didn't (laughs) even notice they talked about Popeye's in this movie. Really? No. I did put that in my notes, actually. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I did put that in my notes of I am just curious if Popeye's chicken like sought out to be in this movie or if Adam Sandler was just like I like fucking Popeye's chicken let's ask him <laughs> if we can use them in the movie well you know a lot of people complain about like product placement and stuff and I, I agree there can be like really bad ways to do it but like throughout the day I mention products all the time and if anything it, it seems more realistic to me when they talk about real places That's you know true. what I mean yeah. like if there are times where I'm like dude I really want fucking Burger King and I say it like five times in an hour or something. Mm-hmm. And then, but if they say it three times in a movie, it's like, oh, it's fucking product placement. It's like, so you've never, you only ever say, I want to go get chicken. You don't ever say what kind of chicken you want. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought that was weird. And then, honestly, in this movie, the Popeyes just ends up being like a, it is clearly product placement. Oh, yeah. But they, they tie it in in a way where it's like a really ridiculous aspect of the story that just yeah. gets to continuously be an ongoing gag. Like, I laugh, and I, I thought about that before. I every now and then, if I see Popeyes or my wife suggest it, I always do that. Popeyes chicken is a shiznit. <laughs> because it's in my head because I watched this movie too many times and then I guess technically that product placement did its job I've never yeah. eaten Popeyes so it did its job in letting me know that Popeyes exists and keep it in my <laughs> brain but I've never bought Popeyes because of it so I do I think oh, shiz, Big man. Daddy had the best product placement with the McDonald's <laughs> when the hell did y'all start closing at 10.30? Or stop serving <laughs> breakfast at 10.30? <laughs> I like their Hooters ad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you, though. Like, there is something about having real-world companies brought up in a movie. And now, this movie didn't have to have it because clearly it's a ridiculous movie. But I kind of like that it grounds the movie just a little bit. The Popeyes is in it. But other movies, yeah. like you said, there's something that's nice, like, Okay, Chris, perfect example. I know yes. that it shouldn't matter, but like in Spider-Man or in, in uh, Enter the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. the fact that he's got Nikes on, I don't know why, it just ends up anchoring the movie more to like, ah, yes, I, real, believe, yeah. I believe this world. <laughs> I've, yeah, seen, I've seen Nikes. <laughs> well, it's like I think I said it to you on a podcast we did where I would almost prefer MLB The Show had actual ads playing behind the batters because that makes me feel like it's an actual baseball stadium you know yeah it's just a, just really about the execution yeah it's all about that and it's funny that all these things kind of straggle with how to do product placement right and the reality i think is for most people that we all like product placement if it aids in making it feel more like we're there and not yeah. makes it feel like we're being beat over the head so I mean, and it, you know. it depends on the movie too. Like I mean, if it does, you know, we watched Once Upon a Time in America, and every twenty minutes they were talking about Popeyes. Like it'd be weird. 
<laughs> you're, you're watching prisoners and in between him looking for his daughter countless like hours really god damn it yeah i would love that that would be fucking hilarious it would be hilarious if suddenly he just tells his son like you know the scene with his son where he's like you've been drinking it'd be funny if he's like you've been eating chicken i can smell it on your breath god damn popeyes you didn't save me any <laughs> Uh, tell your mother I'm going to get some chicken. Yeah, that'd definitely be funny. All right. Well, hey, look, we've oh, one we've last sh- cameo. Oh, go Ozzy at the end. Ozzy, I can't believe he, we haven't he, mentioned it. Yeah, I I was going to bring it up. I'm glad you did because I forgot at this point. He was so healthy and looked, looked so good back then. <laughs> right. Oh, other fun fact, and I know we're going to get into uh, little bits that people put from the community input about the movie. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to like nail down Mr. Beefy's voice because it sounded familiar to me. And at first I thought it was like Norm MacDonald doing a really weird voice. So I decided to look it up just because curiosity was eating away at me. And it was the, I don't, I, I wish I would have put his name down. I feel bad I didn't, but it's the guy that does the voice for Triumph the Dog. <laughs> and I just thought that was interesting that he's, uh, he's still a dog. <laughs> I'm blanking. Who's Triumph the dog? Oh, uh, you don't the insult dog. Yeah, the insult dog. You don't remember whenever um, Eminem's uh, encore album came out and he kept uh, having the yeah, spots yeah. where he's the puppet and all that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. that was a Jimmy Kimmel sketch, wasn't it? Like Mancho era Jimmy Kimmel. When he I think playing. so. Yeah, and then it ended up moving on to kind of being its own thing for a very yeah, short. It was stint. a TV show on Comedy Central. I remember. Yeah, he always had the cigar. While we're talking about people who are great in this movie, the late John Witherspoon, also fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone was great. I was surprised yeah. to see Harvey Keitel the most, I think, though. Yeah. Just because I didn't expect him in this kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, certainly. That's the guy with the bees? No, no that's, that's, that's the, Henry, um, Henry Winkler is, uh, Henry is the big guy. Hey, Harvey Keitel was the, the devil, the dad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's been like a Scorsese guy for a long time. He's in like Mean Streets and... Oh, um, Scorsese. A lot yeah, of Tarantino he, stuff. Resident he's a Dogs. great actor. I agree with you. It was very interesting to see him in this. Now that I, as soon as I started watching it again, I was like, I knew the devil looked like that, but it never clicked with me that that's who it was until a rewatch. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's kind of what I like about this movie again is that you have so many disparate people coming in and you're just kind of surprised by what ends up happening. Um, but unless you guys have anything to say, one quote that I did not mention that just does sincerely make me laugh every time is very early in the movie whenever he's talking about if either of his brothers end up getting to take over hell that he's screwed. And then yeah. when his dad li- his dad's like, the ruler for the next 10,000 years will be me. And then he goes, oh, thank God. He goes hallelujah. I mean, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real basic. But is what it is i like i said it's not a good movie i would certainly watch it again like i'm kind of glad you have it because i'm clearly never going to go back to being what i was as a kid and watching it like 50 more times but i could see myself watching it again in about a year just to put it on and have a laugh we're gonna hear in two months it's like i've watched this movie like fucking 30 times (laughs) i don't think so because the ps5 is demanding too much of my attention but hey man there's that picture in picture there is picture in picture, but how do you pull off sound? I don't know. I haven't tried it yet, but I'd be I'd be curious. 
<laughs> we'll, we'll definitely find out if it was the snap feature from the xbox one's early glory days <laughs> i could pull it off that way i but, like that feature a lot that feature was fantastic but okay so much uh blake did we get any community feedback i thought i saw some yeah we got two do you want to read them or do you want me to read them i don't have them up um okay i, I'll pull, I post them in discord but i'll read them i got them up here okay cool so josh shoop on facebook said Christ, what a gem. This is the fourth Adam Sandler movie to have a love interest with the initials VV. I noticed with Patricia that as well. Arquette as Valerie Varan. The first was Billy Madison with Veronica Vaughn. The second was Happy Gilmore with Virginia Vinette. And the third was The Waterboy with Vicky Valancourt. And as I said, or as he said above, this one was Valerie Varan. I caught that and I wonder what that is. Like when he said it, I was like, wait a minute, Vicky Valancourt. And it, it kind of just started coming to me. And I was like, what is that? Like, what is VV? Is it just a, he did it once. So he thought he'd keep doing it. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if there's more or if that's the only four. Yeah. I don't know. And then Josh, our ex host and good pal said, is this Carl Weathers greatest bit in a comedy movie or series? <laughs> and I only know him from this and happy Gilmore. So I can't answer that. <laughs> It is really good in this one. I, I do love the. Oh, it's fantastic! It's all in the hips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, we didn't even mention that Reese Witherspoon was in this movie for some fucking reason. Didn't expect and, her either. Yeah, and she's also really hot as an angel. I mean, she's always. <laughs> she's really also hot, really yes. hot. <laughs> yeah, she's also just really hot. That is true. <laughs> but that's yeah, great. That's all we got this week. So. All right. Well, that's Megan something. Fox is hot in Transformers. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't she have that movie what was it jennifer's body yes she yeah. does she is also good in that movie, <laughs> that's a great movie. anyway that's if you didn't movie. realize that's a new segment that we're going to be doing on these episodes where we reach out before we record a couple of days in advance and give you guys the listeners a chance to uh scoop in so if you want to be part of that head over to facebook and follow midweek matinee over there you can head over to twitter and follow us at matinee underscore midweek or you can find us on instagram and some other places um but right now i think we've got to figure out what our next movie is yeah, it's balaka you want to rate first we can do that yeah so uh real quick uh chris you're gonna be the one you know what chris i'm saving you for last because you're, you're gonna be <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to call it a dick punch. That seems too severe. But you're going to be probably the you're gonna outlier. You're a tickler, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to be the one that everyone gets mad at for being correct. I know. I <laughs> I'm not going to be mad at whatever score uh-huh, you give it. Uh-huh. I just know it's going to be the lowest, so I'm going to save it for last because shock factor. Um, <laughs> so, Blake, I'll start with you, good sir. All right, I gave it a four, but I could easily see it, see it being like a three and a half. But I'm yeah. sticking with four right now. Yeah, not a good movie, but a funny movie. So a four is what I gave it to. Okay, cool. Thank uh, So I gave it two stars. Okay. It's actually better than I anticipated. <laughs> he said I, I didn't I, hate it. I think That's, I'm only given one movie worse than that. I didn't finish that movie. <laughs> that is true. Which one was I, that? Now I can't remember. Irreversible. The oh, yeah, movie yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not finished. Yeah. yeah. Garbaggio. <laughs> all, all right, right. So, now that we have those out of the way blake have you figured out what your next uh, what our next movie is going to be so we can let the listeners know yes so i had this one picked last week before you said your option and so if we don't want to do this i understand but i think it'll actually be a really cool like contrasting couple of episodes um funny people 
And I know we mentioned it earlier on the episode, but I have been super hyped to rewatch that movie. So what do y'all think? I love it. I- I'm okay with it. Yeah. Okay, cool. What about you, Chris? Is that all right with you? I mean, it's your pick, man. <laughs> I know. It was just two, two Sandler uh, movies. When he picked Little Nick, he's like, ah, well, this might actually be neat to talk about two very different Sandler movies. Fine with me. All right. Well, there you are. We will be watching the 2009 flick that we <laughs> organically mentioned earlier in the episode, Funny People. And there uh, is an updated version, too, but it's like a five-minute difference, so I don't think you know whatever you own would probably work. <laughs> Yeah, whichever one you want to watch. If you want to watch it be a little... If you want to hear the dolphin sex noise, then go for it. I, I don't know if that's in the unrated or the normal one. <laughs> or, I don't remember. I don't know which one I've seen at how many times each or whatever. Yeah. I actually own that movie on disc, but I, I think I actually oh, also... I may own it digitally. It's a great movie. So, all right. Well, guys, we will be watching that and talking about that next week. But until next time... This has been Midweek Matinee. If you want to catch up with everybody, as we always say, you can go over to Twitter and find Mr. Chris Figs by going and looking up at F-I-G-Z-2-1-K. You can find Mr. Blake by checking out um, Popes underscore Blake underscore 92. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. And if you want to find me, you can head over to our at triangle sqrd and follow my weekly gaming podcast where we talk about a little bit of everything to do with gaming but if you want to support the show with more than just your time you can head over to patreon.com and get episodes of this show even earlier by going to patreon.com slash nartech and giving as little as a dollar per month we are very thankful for that and we always love to shout out the people who do so at the end of our episodes so without further ado we would like to thank our patrons it just pulled up on the wrong screen for some reason. Anyway, thanks to our patrons, Kyle Grimm, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green, Rich, my name is Dan, Luke Bartolomeo, Sean Santarude, Funk Turkey, Danny Villalobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Popst, Kevin Bacon Bits, Joshua Lago, Eric McAllister, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Stephen Swanland, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, Zachary Sawyer, Landis, Rude Days 93, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, El Shabib, Jason Clendenning, Tyler B., and last but certainly not least, Mr. Richard Schaefer. Again, if you would like to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash nartech. Thank you. Hello, Looker, and congratulations. You have discovered the secret message. Midweek Matinee is produced and edited by Christopher Figueroa. Music is by Joshua Lago. Thank you for your support and for enjoying all these movies with us. And lastly, please send your iTunes reviews to Old Pink, Care of the Funny Farm.